Hey y'all, I'm Brooke Hoover, a Louisiana native, actor, writer, and comedian. I've lost 100 pounds through diet and exercise, or shall I say, lifestyle changes. My 20 year and counting health journey has taught me that just like taking a diet pill for weight loss, body positivity doesn't magically happen overnight. I'm working on regaining my self-esteem and rekindling my love affair with Cajun and Southern comfort food in a healthier way, all the while juggling eating as clean as I can, reestablishing myself in the entertainment industry, which, as we know, is historically fat-phobic, all the while showing my inner fat girl some love. That's fat with a PH. Pretty hot and tempting. Let me tell y'all a tale or two. Oh, there's nothing like hair free for the holidays. I know, I know. I just said hair free for the holidays. That may sound weird that I'm inspired to talk about unwanted hair removal at the top of the holiday season. But y'all, first off, Christmas isn't really a favorite holiday of mine. I'm a child of divorce, and that's not usually one of our top five holidays. And second off, some of my actually most memorable and fun Christmases have involved hair removal or epilation, if we want to use a fancy word, which it's the holidays. So let's be fancy, right? So travel back in time with me to Christmas of 2003. Ah, that rhymed. Okay, so my mama is a Catholic reject, meaning she was excommunicated from the Catholic Church twice for being divorced. So she never, twice. So she never really made me go to church, though mama did still teach me to know and love Mr. Baby Jesus, to celebrate his birthday, to celebrate his rebirth day even more, but also to choose my own spiritual path. So when we went to 5 p.m. Catholic mass with my aunt and uncle at their church at the time, St. Jean Vianney in South Baton Rouge, which also happened to be where I went to mom's day out, like which was daycare as a young child. I That was actually where I hid underneath the jungle gym because I had no friends. I felt traumatized, triggered, and ticked off in more ways than one. I always associated church growing up with having to wear itchy and restricting clothes, including a bra. And I felt it was where, at least down south, you had to fit into societal norms. And I felt even more judged in a Catholic church since that's where my mom was basically like told she was like Mary Magdalene, uh, again, for getting two divorces. So the one saving grace, though, about going to 5 p.m. Catholic Mass on Christmas Eve is that it's super short because the priest must want to end it quickly so he can, like, get his feast and wine on before midnight Mass. And my uncle must have picked up on me not really feeling so joyous at the most joyous time of the year and knowing that young 20s Brooke back in 2003, which is much like teenage Brooke and actually current midlife crisis Brooke, these Brooks, this Brooke, this Gill loves nothing more than picking and prodding and pulling hair out of places where the beauty police says hair should not grow. So my uncle suggests after um, 5 p.m. mass that we should go to Walgreens, which is one of the only stores that's open on Christmas Eve in Louisiana, because he wants to buy some nads to remove the hair on his back. And my uncle knows I'll be the only one who is really precise to be good at it. So do y'all remember nads? 
But why the name NADS, though? I mean, of all things, I know they're Australian, and maybe they don't have the same terms that we do for things, but I mean, come on, why did they have to name those hair removal strips using a slang term for a male's private parts? Oh, those Aussies but I got to love them. So we get back home to my aunt and uncle's house and we all watch as my uncle takes off his church shirt and he reveals a back that isn't really that hairy. I mean, he has some patches of hair, but it's nothing like my dad, who's like a woolly mammoth. So I slap one of those NADS strips very strategically onto my uncle's back and I start rubbing it, you know, to get the friction and the heat because that's how these strips are supposed to work. And um, my aunt, my uncle, uh, my cousins and my mom were, they're all watching because sidebar, if you haven't guessed now, my whole family's crazy. And they also love picking and popping and plucking too. So I rip off the the strip perfectly, just like in the NADS infomercial. So then like the infomercial, I go back with the same strip of wax for a different waxy area because you can use the same strip up to five times. So it's eco-friendly mates. And I slap the somewhat hairy strip onto another area of hair and nothing comes off. Nothing comes off. And I promise I won't do that Australian accent for y'all anymore. Because what NADS doesn't tell you, what Sally Hansen doesn't tell you, you really do need like five or six packs of the wax strips if you have a really hairy back or legs or area that you're going to wax because you can't reuse the wax strips once they have that hair on them. You need a fresh strip every time. Long story short, 2003 was a very hairy, instead of very merry, get the pun, a very hairy, or should I say very hair-free Christmas indeed. And I'm glad I actually learned that about not reusing the strip early on in my waxing forays, because flash forward nearly 20 years or so to New Year's Eve 2017. It's the night before Harry, my boyfriend, and I leave for one of our first real trips ever as a couple to Punta Cana in Dominican Republic. Oh, it's so basic of us, but we just wanted to, to get away to the beach. And my dad is also flying back um, out of Newark, back down to Louisiana at the same time early the next morning. So for me to multitask, as I often do, to double down on some family time and get my wax on, get my beauty on, to like, you know, get rid of the woolly mammoth legs, the Rougarou, that's the Cajun version of the abominable snowman I have going on on my legs. I put on a pair of short shorts and I just start waxing my legs as my, my dad, Harry, and I listen to Christmas carols. And again, this might really sound odd to many of y'all out there, or maybe many of y'all can relate, but I actually take it as a grateful moment because 20 years ago, my dad and I weren't even talking at Christmas time or really any time really. And now I'm showing him my hairy wax strips, like a Christmas gift, like the gift that keeps on giving while we listen to Mariah Carey and Bing Crosby in the background. But y'all, these aren't two isolated events where family and friends have gathered around for hair removal, y'all. So actually rewind again to my very first attempt at unwanted hair removal. I was about 12 or 13 years old and Seventeen Magazine and Society and Beauty Police, whoever it is, told me that it was about damn time I removed the hair on my legs. And mind y'all, I was 12 years old. It was somewhat still non-existent and blonde, but 
I wanted it gone. And I was afraid of razors because of blood and cutting and all that jazz just made me squeamish. And I had even tried those kind of circular razors. I think they were called like the click or something. So basically they were a circular razor. Do y'all remember those? And there was like usually a green or orange or pink thing in the middle and you turn them and rotate them and it reveals, the circle reveals like five different blades. So five you know, razors live within one. And they were supposed to be safer for you because you could hold them better. But I just think it was just a fad because it looked really cute. And maybe it was a double blade. Like we're lucky if it was even a triple blade. And it was like trying to be eco-friendly, but it totally wasn't because that's how we rolled in the 90s. Do y'all remember those? Anyways, I was even afraid to use those. So waxing was the option. And my mama said she would help me wax my legs. And it it was just too expensive. And I was too scared to go to a salon. So everybody's got to remember the wax in the pot that you got at home. It was probably Sally Hansen. And uh, you heat up the pot. And then you use those like cloth, like kind of um, muslin type of strips. So that's what we got. Because those pre-waxed rub, rub it with friction to heat, like the Nads and the Sally Hansen strips, they came much after this kind of old school at home stuff where it basically made you, uh, you, made you rip off your whole skin because no one has the dexterity or the training of an esthetician. So they really should have never sold this stuff at home. And it came with a lot of warnings, but try we did. So I remember for some reason telling my two friends, Kyle and and William, that I was going to do at-home waxing. My mom was going to wax my legs for me. And they were like, oh, we want to come watch. So my two pals and I, we head on up to my mom and my dad's bathroom while my mom is downstairs microwaving the tub-o-wax in the kitchen. And she comes upstairs and she's blowing on the smoking wax pot because it's still super hot. She she gets that little kind of um, slightly rounded kind of tool, um, white plastic tool, and slaps the wax on my legs with it. And I just start panicking. I tell her, I'm like, mama, don't even put a strip on it. I'll just slowly rip it off. Um, I just can't deal with it. I'm too afraid. I panicked because that wax was stuck. Stuck on you, Lionel Richie. Stuck on me for like a good week or so. Sticking to my clothes, sticking to my legs. When my legs rubbed together, I was just picking it off. The wax was not coming off. And I I thought I was going to impress my friends with how brave I was about waxing. But instead, I just looked like a hairy coward. And y'all, just as soon as I was getting over my leg waxing woes and I started using those circular cutesy but not eco-friendly razors, um, I started to notice another problem with unwanted hair that was much worse than simply leg hair, facial hair, female facial hair. I had beyond hip puberty, and I presume this is when my polycystic ovarian syndrome was coming into full effect, which again, for sidebar, it is an imbalance of hormones, meaning you produce too much testosterone and things that come with it are unwanted hair growth. Um, because I had developed my YouTube people can see my podcast people can't obviously, but I had developed sideburns down to like this hair mole right here. So I had like, like almost, I hate to say it, but almost like mud and chops. And then I had just like weird, hairs on my chin and neck and kind of like a a mustache, but that wasn't super coarse or 
horrible, but it still was something that I didn't want. It was like random weeds of hairs. And y'all, people have said this to me my whole life when I complain about the hair. They're like, but you're blonde. I'm actually dirty blonde. Ooh. But while our hair may be blonde, us blonde folk or dirty blonde folk, it's actually, we're actually some of the hairier beasts that you'll ever meet. And our hair is coarse and it's really hard to get rid of. And I'm not just talking like peach fuzz. I mean, like I've left the, I've embraced the peach fuzz. You know, I'm talking about these crazy old hairs just coming out and basically needing their own football field. So embarrassing doesn't even begin to describe it. And I just had to get over my fears and of wax and just go to a professional. And a salon called Lockworks um, back home, they uh, did a lot of waxing and um, skin work and stuff like that. So that's where I went to get all of my face waxed. And going into my first appointment, I remember I ran into a girl that I went to school with and she was coming out of the waxing area. And I thought she would kind of equally be embarrassed like me. And we would kind of wave like, hi, we're embarrassed. We're ashamed. Um, She was wearing her bright red, shiny upper lip mustache, former mustache area, like a badge of honor as she marched out. And I'd like to say it gave me confidence, but it really didn't. It made me feel worse that I wasn't more confident about being like, yeah, I got hair and I'm going to go get it ripped off. But what can you expect? I was like 14, 15 at the time. And it's taken me a long time to even like start talking about hair removal with people publicly. But with my boyfriend, Harry, I pointed out early on, like, look, you know, I'm hair free now, but sometimes like in between my appointments, you will witness some like wiry hairs and stuff. So like, don't touch my face. Don't look too close. Anyways, so this facial waxing when I was in my late teens, it it couldn't last forever. You know, eventually like you're pulling skin off, you're redoing your face in a way like you're, it's unwanted ripping. It's painful. It's not permanent. It's not permanent. That's the key. So mama and I heard about a new thing on the radio called laser hair removal that for some reason, it seemed like all these optometrists offices were doing it right around the time of senior year of high school for me. And that was actually perfect timing because that was right around the time this friend of mine, so-called friend of mine, he was really getting cute with quoting Adam Sandler movies and he started calling me sideburn lady. I forget which movie that's from Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, one of those. But y'all, the thing about laser hair removal is this. At least at the time it was happening to me in the late 90s, it was super expensive. The prices have gotten better, but it's still pretty expensive. You can get Groupons on it and stuff now. But it was super painful. All right. Super painful. But they did have like this cold, big old jade roller type of thing that was frozen that they would use on you. But if I used it way too much, they would get annoyed with me because you want to laser. They, they want to get you in and out as quickly as possible. So you can't be rolling that frozen cold jade roller too much or the, the hair removal lady will get mad at you for taking a long time. And it came with a lot of difficult, almost impossible rules to follow. So here are some of the laser hair removal rules. All right. So blonde hair, even if it's coarse, cannot be read by a laser. You have to basically have a certain skin tone and that skin tone has to have a certain 
unwanted hair tone. So it's very hard to deal with. Also, you can't go out in the sun. Getting sunburned, changing anything about that is not good. Do not go out in the sun. All right. And it's not like you can go get it waxed and then go magically have it lasered off like two days later when the little bits start to grow back. No, you have to let the hair grow, but to a certain length. It has to be a certain length, a precise length for the laser to see it. And you had to go back like at least six times, depending on where your hair is and the growth amount within a given period, right? Not just six times throughout the year. No, six times within a certain period that they tell you about. Well, that given period also happened to be around the time that I was starting college in New York. So freshman year of college, I had to fly back down to Louisiana a couple of times. My cousin would pick me up at the airport and she had gotten the the numbing cream from the pharmacy for me and bless her heart. And I would be putting that numbing cream on my face, wrapping my whole face in saran wrap, cutting like a little air hole for me to breathe from my mouth so I could like breathe, but also suck down a snowball that my cousin had got me as we drove from the New Orleans airport to the laser hair removal clinic in Baton Rouge. And I remember arriving that day for laser hair removal and the the hair removal lady, I don't know what else to call her. She was telling me that I had allowed my facial hair to get too long. And so then she shaves my face. I had never had my face shaved. I never shaved my face. Remember, I'm afraid of razors. And I was told by my mama, which I think is a very, very good advice, like, baby, don't shave your face ever, which again, I think is really good advice. You do have to be careful because you don't want it to come back tenfold. And I don't care if that's even an old wives tale or not, or whatever the expression may be. Um, I just didn't want to shave my face. That equates being a man, right? And I identify as a female. And that razor is that esthetician shaved me rather roughly. It was like a, a two blade razor causing me to bleed in certain areas. And then she's lasering me. So it was like pain and many ways. And I know this sounds very much like, oh, you know, first world problems. But as my friend once said, they're problems nonetheless. I'm dealing with all this and I'm just trying my best to be hairless and therefore carefree and hopefully beautiful. But the good news, the good news is y'all with the laser, it worked on my sideburns. It worked. Um, but then about four years after that, I started to notice some of these kind of like straggly, wiry hairs coming back on like my neck and on my chin and out of my chin mole. My YouTube peoples can see this mole that I'm talking about, dear Lord. And it was like tech textbook witchy like I'm a textbook witch with these hairs coming out of these moles and my boyfriend Harry he was taught by nuns and he's like kind of angry and terrified by nuns at the same time and he always gripes about this nun who taught him who had a big mole with a huge hair coming out of it probably like the principal and uncle buck do y'all remember that when John Candy's like I'm gonna get a rat and it's gonna gnaw on that mole on your face and so I tell Harry Harry, that's me. I, I'm the nun with the mole coming out, with the mole, with the hair coming out of it. I just remove it constantly. And Harry's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I love you. Aside from expensive laser hair removal treatments, y'all, I've also tried a plethora of other things. I'm going to let y'all know so y'all maybe avoid them or 
tell some of the teenage women in your life or people who are wanting to remove hair in their lives to avoid these kind of things. So hair removal cream like Nair. Nope. Nope. For me, it burns and created stubble and ingrown hairs. Bleaching. Nope. I remember slapping the bleach on like to my mustache in like certain areas and like sitting around with it with one of my roommates in college. And it just would like plop off. It would just fall and it burned and it actually caused zits and pimples. And then there's the slinky thing. I'll be showing y'all on my Instagram sometime this week, I'm sure. Um, it's almost like it would kill you if you did it incorrectly and you definitely can't use it on your mole or any areas like that. It, it takes a rocket scientist to be able to use this hair removal slinky thing. It legit is like a, a trampoline spring that you're using on your face to rip out hair several hairs at a time time nope and also I tried a couple different at home hair laser systems and those don't really work either and thank god bed bath and beyond has a good return policy because I returned it after using it about like 15 times hoping that it would work sorry not sorry guys why am I sorry not sorry for returning it to bed bath and beyond because I've spent so much money to uh, on hair removal that hair removal industry has gotten so much money from me it isn't even funny or actually I hope it is funny I, I hope it's funny because that's why I chose to do a whole long podcast about it right y'all I, I hope this is funny in a way like even if it's not funny haha it's funny strange it's funny ridiculous it's funny redonkulous that we as people who don't want hair in certain areas have to go through this so, all right, y'all, what I'm doing nowadays for hair removal, I, as we know, I'll let my leg hair grow. I don't give a damn. Not many people see my bare legs for eight months out of the year. So I just apologize to my acupuncturist when they have to do needles on my legs. And Harry, God bless them, loves me regardless. And my Pomeranians, they actually like the hair on my leg because they feel like I'm truly kindred spirits with them. Or maybe I'm just the Cajun werewolf, the Rougarou. And I wax my leg hair at strategic times, you know. I use a new strip every time though or otherwise it creates red bumps or doesn't even work and then I'm, I'm good for a month after I do the leg hair removal but for the facial hair removal I go get electrolysis once a month and that laser hair removal did work pretty well but the thing is is that electrolysis gets the hairs that laser hair removal cannot. And also electrolysis is much cheaper. Um, ballpark per session, like for my face, it's between $25 and $35. That's not actually that bad at all. But electrolysis is supposedly the most permanent, but it's also the most painful. And I can vouch that it is the most painful. So it's a needle that goes into every single different root of your hair with an electric shock and then the electrologist pulls out that hair with the tweezer which is fine I mean I, who, who hasn't plucked you know hairs that's fine it's it's the actual needle going in and shooting an electric jolt into your hair um the mustache area hurts the worst but don't worry about my mole getting it done I have gotten that approved by my dermatologist I know it's a whole thing it's a whole thing just be careful but here's the deal with electrolysis, much like laser hair removal. You have to have a certain hair length to it, all right? It's a little bit more forgiving, but I will get a, a cuticle scissors type of thing and cut down the hair. I actually have to do it tonight. And last week I did it, 
and I sliced my mole a little bit when I was cutting the hair down. Oh, so like that really can't be good. Why, why, why do we endure this? Um, but I see an improvement. I see an improvement and it's also like a mental thing. It's a physical thing. It's painful in multiple ways, but as a man, I can't pronounce that word. As a manicurist once told my mom and I, as she made our cuticles bleed, she said, pain is beauty. But I also noticed for hair growth, unwanted hair growth on your face, wearing a mask has helped for some reason, especially at the height of the pandemic. Um, it's almost like not just masking, right? Like the mask literally masks the hair and that I, the hair growth, I don't want people to see, but it was almost like the friction was keeping the hair from growing. And I kind of wonder if that's what happens to senior citizens, because as my friend Harvey says, he calls it shiny shins. Look at like an older person. They don't grow much hair. I mean, that's also got to be an, a genetic or, you know, hormone type of thing. It's not just friction and baby. That's a um, better than Ezra album to my Louisiana folk who grew up in the 90s. But it's not just the friction that makes the hair not grow. There's a plethora of other things. But what I want to know is why is it at the time when you're finally losing your unwanted leg hair, that's usually the time when you're growing nose hair and when you're losing the wanted hair on your head. Why is hair so symbolic of, of beauty? Why do we identify with hair so much? And why is it that when you're a female with hormonal issues, you have the ability to grow hair on your face and you can lose your hair on your head at the same time. Why is it that I can't feel sexy or beautiful unless I'm as hairless and shiny as Flipper? That's my goal, y'all, to be as hair-free and therefore carefree as a porpoise in the wild. Not a porpoise at a vacation resort, of course, but due to nature and genetics and despite me taking spearmint supplements, being completely hair-free is just a goal that is pretty much unattainable. Not You can't ever be at 100%. And it's living up to something that's expected of us. That's what makes me angry. It's especially expected of those of us who are female identifying. But even men, I mean, hey, as we know with my uncle, some men don't want to be hairy either. I mean, I... I, I guess like men don't like it either. I also should mention that my friend, he played Dionysus when we did the Bacchae and I had to remove the hair on his back because he was like, Brooke, Dionysus would not have back hair. And he also told me never to tell anybody about this, but sorry, that's, that's okay. I think Dionysus would forgive me. And I may talk a good game about unwanted hair and hairiness. And my boyfriend's name is Harry. But I feel hypocritical because I think my lucky stars every day that my boyfriend Harry is nearly hair free. I mean, I want a chia pet in my windowsill. I, I don't want to date a chia pet. So what is it y'all? What is it? Is it society? I'm really sure it is. I mean, those hair-free, care-free commercials and infomercials and messages are all over the place. I mean, we, we grew up with them. Like that, who wears short shorts? That's probably one of the most iconic commercial jingles all over. And yes, we have Bob Gaudio to thank for that. Oh, what a night. And I have Jersey Boys the Musical to thank for that tidbit of American history that Bob Gaudio wrote the who wears short shorts song. But 
there's something to be said about this all-encompassing beauty industry and beauty standard that society pushes on us and then that we continue to push on ourselves. We don't, at least I don't, I don't stop it. I feed into it. It's a trap. But yet having the unwanted hair itself, for me at least, is a trap too. So it's constantly choosing between which trap you want to put your foot in. And I'm not going to end this episode telling us, let's just let our unwanted hair grow, because I sure as hell won't. Unless it's the leg, the, my leg hair in the wintertime. I, I don't care about that anymore. But I will just leave this saying, y'all, let's constantly reevaluate. If I could talk, let's constantly reevaluate how we tell ourselves what real beauty is. It isn't just skin deep or root of the unwanted hair deep. Hair removal is just something we do. Hair growth is just something we experience. Hair loss is too. I know there's the complete other side of that coin, y'all. And I won't even begin to talk like I'm knowledgeable about hair loss from chemotherapy. I can only deeply sympathize with it. But hair growth or hair loss has so much significance that it's often hard to shake it. I just keep encouraging myself and I encourage all of us to look at hair as just the dead cells that it really is. And I try to look for our beauty beyond and within and deeper than all that. And hey, y'all, as we enter this holiday season, at least here in the Western Hemisphere where it's getting a little colder, let's just be grateful that maybe we can cover up that unwanted hair with some long sleeve shirts, pants or leggings, and strategically placed neck scarves. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. It is my hope to inspire, uplift, and entertain you with this Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. So if you're hungry for more, you can book me to speak or perform my solo show that inspired this podcast, Fat Girl Costumes, written by yours truly and directed by Brian Lady at your virtual or in-person event. Please visit brookhoover.com slash fluffybuttproductions or email me at contactbrookhoover at gmail.com for more info. And let's follow each other on Instagram. I'm at Brooke Hoover. And the O's in my name are not the letter O, they're zeros. Not because I want to be a size zero, but because I guess I'm just so clever with my late 90s Yahoo self. And if you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, please give me a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, Share this with your friends, family, and other people you may know who are as fat as we are. That's fat with a PH.